another day Another dollar Makes you wonder where your money went You can scream And you can holler Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast Today is episode 87 uh, and we are looking at November 5th of 2008, a Wednesday, as I make my commute from uh, Arlington to Frisco, Texas, uh, podcasting from my mobile studio as always, with one man's opinion of the changing world and the changing economic times and the things that we can do to live a better life, if times get tough, or even if they don't. And today we have to talk about the results of last night's election. And I know that some of you tune into my show and you're not big on the politics, you're not big on the economics, and I got bad news for you, we're talking about economics today, some too, because it's a big story about what's going to be going on. Now the reason we're going to do this is because it's the biggest story in the land today, and it is a historic moment for America. And there is some good in it. I'm not happy. I don't think anybody out there thinks that I'm happy. However, I'm not surprised. Uh, if you listen to my show yesterday, you'll note that I pretty much said this is exactly what was going to happen. Uh, I had resigned myself to this being what was going to happen a very long time ago. And uh, all I can say is if this isn't your thing, tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, the little thread popped up in the forum, and I thought, what a great, easy show to put together. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do one really quickly. Um, uh, th- Thursday, uh, tomorrow, on uh, choosing a 22 rifle for your survival planning. And I'm going to talk about different makes and models and some advantages and disadvantages of the 22. It's limitations. It's... Uh, surprising potential. So that's the kind of show that I'm going to do tomorrow. So if this isn't your show, I'm sorry, um, but how can I not talk about the presidential election when we just had it, and we've elected for the first time in history an African American as the President of the United States. I think that's a positive thing. I don't like the man. I don't like the man's policies, and I don't like the man's politics, and the fact that he's African-American was not enough to get me to vote for him. Uh, Unfortunately, I think for our nation, it was enough to get many other people to vote for him. And... uh, I can tell you for for a fact that I have a family member, who I won't name because I don't think that would be fair to her, uh, but I have a family member, uh, kind of an extended family member, who who was recently uh, uh, having a discussion with me, and I asked her, well, why are you going to vote for this guy? And uh, we're white, just so you know, and we don't have, I don't think we have any uh, any relatives that are that are African American. It wouldn't bother me if we did. I just don't know of any. Uh, most of us came here from Ukraine around uh, right after World War One. And uh, I said, "Why are you going to vote for him?" She said, "Because he's black, and I think that's good for America." I said, "You're what? You're voting for him because he's black?" She said, "Yes." I said, "Don't you understand how racist that is?" She goes, "How can it be racist? I'm white." I said, "Listen, if you vote for somebody because they're black, all right, that means you're voting against somebody else because they're white." No. Yes. It also is to me. Even if it's you don't look at it that way, it's just as racist as voting for somebody because he is black. It just doesn't sell that way. It doesn't spin that way. So I think that that. that 
you know, everybody has looked at as a detriment to people in the past in America was a positive. Were there people out there that are ignorant, racist, jerks? And, and let me say this right now, because this question's come up a, a, a little bit on the forum lately. If you're an ignorant, racist jerk, if you're part of a white power movement or a Black Panther organization, don't listen to my show. I don't want you in my audience. All right, The Survival Podcast is primarily an American concern. That's what we focus on because I'm an American and I live here. We do have international audience members. About 10% of our audience is from across the world. They're welcome to. The only people that aren't welcome here are racists. And I'm going to have to start saying that more often because in the survival community, we get a bad rap for that. There's a little side note for a second. But this this crap that's, that's had an effect on our election because of race, to me, is as tragic as if it went the other way. But in the end, the result is we now have a situation where we have to we have to look honestly at Americans and say, you know, being a black man or being an Asian or being a, a Hispanic doesn't keep you down in this country. We've now had an African American attain the highest office in the land, and that's something we should all be happy about. What can we be sad about? The way that it went down. I want to tell you two stories that happened in the last 24 hours. Um, that I saw people that were Obama supporters that just made me sad for my country. Uh, one was a girl that was on the news last night right after the victory, and they said, well, how long have you been with the campaign? And she was there dancing around in Dallas all happy because her guy won. She said, since the very beginning. They said, really? Said, yes, since the very beginning. I've been here. I've been making a difference. I've been part of this. This is a revolution. Right? She was fairly articulate at that point. And... They said to her, "Okay, well, what do you, what do you, what really made you back Barack Obama? Why were you so on board right from the beginning? What was it about him?" She said, "Um, well, you know, uh, um, you know, his, um, you know, policies with the, uh, uh." uh," And the reporter said, "Like the economy." She goes, "Yeah, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. The economy." Okay, so there you have somebody that's dedicated. I believe that this person wasn't making it up. She really was there from the beginning. No clue. No clue. The girl was probably 19, 20-year-old college student that was sold on the idea of change. All right? Now, the other one was a uh, an African-American gentleman that I happened to notice last time as I was on my way to uh, the grocery store to pick a few items up on the way home. And he got out of his car, and he was on a cell phone, and he said, and I and I wasn't really over trying to overhear him or anything. He, like, stepped out of his car directly in front of me. And let me be clear. This guy was a nice-looking guy. Uh, seemed to drive a nice car, was dressed nice seemed like he carried himself very well, spoke very well, seemed like a guy I'd sit down and have a beer with any day that he wanted to do that, and we could probably talk and agree on an awful lot of things. Here was my issue. First words out of his mouth were, yeah, I actually voted for that Republican senator because I think he's doing a good job down here, but when it came to the president, you know I had to represent that was all I heard. I didn't need to hear any more. I didn't really even need to hear that. It just happened in front of me. Now, here's my issue with that. That Republican senator down here could have only been one person. That would be Senator John Cornyn. Now, this is my issue. If you thought Senator Cornyn was doing a good job, there is absolutely no way in hell you could support the proposed policies of Barack Obama because Senator Cornyn is a polar opposite, 180 degrees away, on every single issue from 
Barack Obama. And I mean all of them. The border, illegal immigration, nationalized health care, tax policies. All right? There is nothing that you can find if you put a spreadsheet out comparing the policies on major issues between Senator John Cornyn, Barack Obama, that lines up, that adds up. Period. It just doesn't happen. So he had to represent. Why? I guess because Obama was black. And I think that's a mistake. But again, hey, you know what? Let's look at the positive aspects of this. This is a breaking of a a ceiling in politics in America. And we've now accepted the fact that America will, will take, accept, and actually highly endorse a black man for president. I just wish it had been for other means. And maybe this means we can look forward to somebody like Michael Steele becoming president in 2012. That's who I'd like. If, if you asked me right now who I would make our president, if I could just do it with a stroke of a pen, it would be Michael Steele. If you've never heard of Michael Steele, look him up. But let's look at the broader aspects of this thing right now. Um, what, are the, what are the big concerns that I have? Well, the big concerns that I have is the massive majorities in the House now. Uh, the Democrats now control 248 versus 187 seats in the House. That means that in a lot of issues they're going to be able to ramrod just about anything they want through the House of Representatives. They're going to be able to hold back the Republicans from getting a lot of things done. This does not mean they have dictatorial power, like some people are saying. It does not mean they'll be able to do whatever they want. Bill Clinton had solid majorities in the House and the Senate during the beginning of his first term, and there were plenty of things that he couldn't get done. So don't think that the country's going to become a Marxist republic on January by January 30th. It's absolute nonsense. Let's rein that back in a little bit, but that's a concern. The Senate is now sitting at 54 44 and 2. Alright, now you need 60 senators to be able to break what's called a filibuster. And if you don't know what a filibuster is, it works like this. Let's say they're going to put a law through the Senate that says, uh, that bring back the assault weapons ban. And enough Republicans decide we don't want that. So they can go up there and do things like read a cookbook and basically shut down the Senate and kill the bill. Just keep talking about anything that they want to. But at any time the Senate calls a vote to break a filibuster, of 60 senators that breaks the filibuster and forces it to a vote. Um, so they don't have that 60 majority, but the 54-44-2 is in honesty a 55-44-1 because one of the two independents is, um, of course, Joseph Lieberman, uh, who's been a strong ally of John McCain, but he caucuses with the Democrats and he votes Democrat 99% of the time. Um, so he goes right over into the Democrat Party. Uh, the other independent is a guy named Bernie Sanders, uh, and he, he's kind of liberal-leaning, but he is a true independent, so there's some hope there. But then we have rhino Republicans, and chief among them, I believe, is John McCain. If you want to know why we lost the election, or why the Republicans, I shouldn't say we, because I didn't vote for the guy, uh, but why the Republicans lost the election, it's John McCain's fault. Because John McCain is not a Republican. John McCain is not a conservative. We did, or the, the Republicans did not lose the election to Barack Obama last night. Republicans lost the election to Barack Obama during the primaries when Republican insiders decided to run John McCain as the main nominee. That's what we lost. This this election's been lost since then. McCain did not have the ability to unite the party and bring it together. 
just did not. So that's how that all went down. And uh, so now that this has happened, now that we have a Democrat majority in the House, de- Democrat majority in the Senate, a Democratic president that many consider a socialist that I do, uh, a Democratic president that was elected by a large majority of the people that voted for this guy, I believe, do not know anything about what the guy actually wants to do or stands for. Where does that lead us? Well... It leads us into some problems. And it's why we need to start now thinking proactively. What I don't want to see now is everybody start bashing Obama. Okay, we've bashed the guy trying to get him to not be elected. That didn't work. So if you start bashing him now, how the hell do you think that's going to help get the next president elected over him? It isn't going to work. It isn't going to happen. So don't do it. Like it or not, our democratic process worked. People have chosen, and now we have to figure out how to work with what we have. All right, and uh, but what's going on? Well, one thing is the economy is about to get a lot worse. That's why you need to be prepping for worst-case scenarios, honestly. And it's not so much Obama's fault, because these things would be going on with McCain, too. I want to be clear about that as I go through that. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the politics and how the blame is going to get assigned as these things go along the way. One thing is that Russia needs to drive up oil prices. All right. What I don't think a lot of people realize is when oil is trading well below 80 bucks a barrel, Russia is losing money by selling oil. Uh, Their economy is dependent on oil in the $85 to $90 range and above. When oil's at $140, Russia's making a mint. Right now, Russia's losing money in the oil business. They are a major force in the global economic system. They are a major global military force. Uh, They aren't going to allow it to continue. Oil prices are about to go back up. The other side of that, the Saudi Arabians, believe it or not, are pretty happy that we're sitting in Iraq right now. They don't want U.S. forces withdrawn. Obama has promised to withdraw U.S. forces. Again, I think McCain would have done this too, because we're getting to a point now where we can withdraw forces from Iraq, but the Saudis felt that if there was anybody that was more likely to keep a heavy U.S. presence in the Middle East, it would have been McCain. You might be thinking, why do the Saudis want us in Iraq? Because the Saudis want free reign to do it whatever they want, they spit on us, yet we protect them. So the bigger our presence there, the better it is for them, and the more they can get away with, and the less they have to worry about somebody getting into a regional conflict with them. So what have they been doing for the past three months? They've made their money on the high oil market, they wanted wanted a John McCain presidency, they ramped up production like crazy in the past couple months, and that's been the chief thing to push oil prices this down. So what are you going to have happen now? You're going to have the Saudis go, well, it doesn't matter now. There's no, no good can come from this. In fact, it's better if the people are upset with this President Obama. Maybe we'll get a warrior back, and maybe he won't be able to fully withdraw, and maybe someone will come in. And you know, and that's just how these guys think. I'm not saying it's right. It's just how they think. So what, what, what's the best thing they can do now? Start to curtail production. They can make more profit per barrel. All right, And at the same time, the Russians are seeking to drive the price of oil up. That's going to be a problem. Look for gas prices to go up over the next year. Maybe almost as high as they were at their height. Maybe higher. We don't really know. It also depends on, the, on you know other things that come into it. But, the, but this, this momentary reprisal in gas prices, pushing gas in some places below 2 bucks a gallon, it's over. It's done. Be prepared. All right. The other thing is that Joseph Biden said 
that in the first couple of years of an Obama presidency, Barack Obama will be tested. He's young, he's unproven. And the, the forces in the world that want to move against us aren't suddenly going to go out and sing Kumbaya and embrace the United States. All the people who voted for Barack Obama and think the world's going to love us now, the people that hate us are going to continue to hate us. Um, and and so, then the people that don't even hate us, but they just see us as global competitors at this point, like the Chinese and the Russians, they're going to move too. Now, they're not going to blow up a subway, right? But they might take other ma- actions. And the Russians have already maneuvered. The Russians are now talking about deploying a new missile system uh, very close to the European borders to counteract the missile shield the United States has been talking about putting in. They want to back us down. They don't want us to put a missile shield in. Listen, the Russians don't want a war with us anymore than we want a war with them, but they don't want a missile shield in place because it's a strategic advantage for the United States. It strengthens our position. What they're going to try to do is push Barack Obama as this unproven leader that wants to make global peace and say, okay, you, you said you want to be friends with the world. Well, you guys don't need this thing. Back off, and we'll back off. So he's already being tested before he's even signed, you know, took any oath of office. In fact, the Russians strategically started to do this during election day, all right, because they already, just like I told you yesterday, I'm not a genius that I knew the guy was going to win. They knew he was going to win, too. They've set this in place, all right? It's already on the table now. Uh, the other thing that we're going to have to deal with, and, and this is the, if you are a conservative, if you are in opposition to most of the Democrat platform, there's an upside for you in all of this, because the Democrats now control the House, Senate, and the presidency. All right, they're going to get the blame for everything that goes wrong. And these people that have gravitated toward a President Obama, that have no grounding, that don't know why they, they don't know what they believe, and they don't know why they believe what they believe. Those type of people, when their situation doesn't get better, they turn on you as fast as they've went out and supported you. And you can see a real rebellion in this country against the Barack Obama presidency because of the things I'm about to break down for you. One is the economic issues. The economic issues have not gone away. Next year's deficit's a trillion dollars. McCain, Obama, doesn't matter. All right? There's a trillion dollar deficit next year. We don't have the money. All of these great programs that McCain wanted and Obama wanted don't have the money for them. So a lot of promises are not going to get kept. You won't see universal health care in 2009. It's not going to get done. We do not have the money. You'll see some type of a supplemental thing, a, a, a stopgap measure for the poorest of the poor who already get medical care, and the middle class who put this guy in power are not going to get their universal health care. Not saying whether we should have it or not. I'm telling you, it ain't going to happen because of the economic issues. The next thing we're going to see, Obama's going to pick one thing that he can try to work with Republicans and Democrats to get done in his first 100 days. And he's going to push like hell to get that done. And what it's going to be is tax cuts for the middle class, which, of course, the other side of that is going to be tax hikes for the wealthy, driving down the economy further. All right? He's going to get the blame. The Congress is going to get the blame. The Senate's going to get the blame. Um, then there's some other things going on that I think a lot of people just aren't paying attention to right now that are hurting tax revenues for the government. And I don't want the government getting more taxes. I want them cutting spending. But if they don't cut spending and tax revenue declines, they have a real problem. One, when they do this tax cut for the middle class and they raise the taxes of the wealthy, more and more businesses are going to look to foreign uh, centers of operation, move operations into foreign uh, uh, sectors, and they're going to decrease the tax revenue with 
this, because the middle class will pay less, the rich are not going to pay what you hike on to them. They're going to figure out ways around the majority of the tax increases. The other thing that's going on, this is what nobody's talking about, is the telecommunications industry is a severe decline. Now you look around and go, Jack, you're nuts. Um, there's a cell phone in every hand. Yes, there's a cell phone in every hand. But there's less taxes that go to the government in cell phone lines. And more and more people are using a cell phone for mostly data and things like that. And what's hurting is the wireline industry. There are so many Americans now that don't even have a phone in their house anymore, or the phone in their house, their wireline phone, is stripped down bare. It's nothing but a basic line, and there's a lot less tax revenue, federal subscriber line charges and things like that. So that tax revenue is in decline. And the telecom sector, a lot of people that don't have expertise in the wireless industry that are wireline people are losing their jobs, especially at the upper salaried level. So that's driving the economy down. Um, the deficit's going to continue to go up because of that. And the next thing we're going to see is a continuing decline in gas tax revenues. Because oil's going to go back up, because gas prices are going to go back up. Last year, there was billions of dollars shortfall in revenues for the government because people drove less. You know, billions of miles less. People cut back. People have adjusted. Even though gas prices are down, people have continued to keep that adjustment in place. I think that's good. I think we should do that. I think we should continue to invest in more fuel-efficient vehicles. We should continue to figure out how we can drive less, how we can spend less uh, money on gas. I'm all for improving our lifestyle. Uh, But when you do that, gas is not taxed per dollar. It's taxed per gallon. So you have tax decline uh, from that source as well, because that's going to happen. One of the temptations of this new Democrat House and Senate is going to be this, is going to be to talk, keep pushing the stimulus too that no one's talking about. Stimulus two is building roads and bridges and infrastructure all over the place. So how do you get that done? Well, you move quickly before gas goes up too much, and you throw an extra dime of tax on a gallon of gas when people aren't paying attention. That's going to be a temptation. Now, if they do it, sooner or later people are going to start talking about it, and when gas goes back up, and it will, that extra dime is going to bother them a lot more. But it's going to be a real temptation. It's going to be something that could be very damaging to the Democrats long term. Uh, The service industry is going to be continuing to lay people off right through Christmas into the first quarter of next year. That's going to be driving the economy down more. These are all things that are going to happen. And I'm not this magical source of information that's like looking through a looking glass. I'm just reading financial reports of major companies in the service industry. I'm watching Starbucks and Circuit City stores close all over America, which is my next point. Retail is in a continuing downward decline. People are spending less money. All of these things are going to create a very bleak economy in 2009. And if you are in opposition to this full democratic control, the only thing that you have to be happy about is they're going to get a lot of the blame. Now, by the end of 2009, they're still going to be able to look back and blame George Bush. And you're going to see a continued mantra of blame Bush for at least a year. But about a year into this thing, all these you know people that don't know why they voted for this guy are going to start to look around and go, yeah, you know what, it sucks now. It's worse than it was. Now, because they weren't astute enough to know what they were getting into in the first place, they're not going to be looking around going, yeah, McCain would have screwed this up just as bad. They're going to turn on him. 
And I think that's why a lot of the fears that we have about Barack Obama's socialist tendencies and war against the Constitution and the Second Amendment are going to be mitigated. Because Barack Obama's not stupid. Barack Obama's a smart man, and he knows the lesson that the Clintons taught him. Some of the things the Clintons tried to ramrod through with their Democrat-controlled Congress and Senate caused the midterm elections to swing the balance of power back to the Republicans and almost crippled the Clinton presidency beyond repair and almost cost him the White House in his re-election bid. He managed to turn it around. But he, he would have been better off if he would have gone down that road in the first place. That's what the Obama presidency is looking at right now. How can we avoid that? All right, so I think that may hold people back. The big question, though, is what do we do? What the hell do we do now? Well, the first thing we need to understand is the president as an individual should not be as important to freedom-loving Americans as killing specific actions. And what I mean by that is what you need to do, if you haven't been doing this, and you should have been doing this all along, is know who your senators are and know who your congressman is. All right, And you need to, to look at things like, the, the proposed return of the uh, assault weapons ban and any other thing that, that conflicts with the Second Amendment. Now, if you're a gun control advocate and you listen to my show anyway, then you should do what you want to do. You should continue to fight to push gun control down our throats. I know people out there are freaking out right now about me saying that, but I believe that more Americans believe in the Constitution. All right, And if you believe in the Constitution, even if you're not so big on this gun ownership thing, understand that once the government figures out a way to tamper with one of the amendments in the Bill of Rights, that all of them are on the table. And even if you're not a gun, a gun person, that seeing guns taken away from law-abiding citizens with amendment protected and now verified as being protective by the Supreme Court... Supreme Court said, we're done with this debate. The Second Amendment does apply to individuals. All right? So, if we now let that be tampered with, we open Pandora's box. So, if that comes up, you need to be all over your congressman and senator. These, these tax cuts they promised us for the middle class, hey, folks, under Barack Obama's definition, I'm middle class just like most of you are. Where's our tax cuts? We need to be asking, okay, you said we're getting tax cuts. Where's our tax cuts? Where are they at? Oh, and by the way, we'd like you to cut some spending while you're doing this as well. Because we don't want our tax cuts at the end of a deficit. And we need to watch everything they do. And when they bring something up that is threatening to our American way of life, to our freedoms, and to our standing in the world, we need to let them hear from us like they've never heard from us before. And if you're sitting there going, well, I've got a Democratic liberal congressman. They're not going to listen to me. They will listen to you. Oh, they will listen to you because of everything else I just outlined for you. And the danger that they have of a midterm swing, especially in the Congress. There's going to be, a, you know, every Democrat's up for re-election in two years, just like every Republican in the Congress. The Senate, we have a little bit more of a threat. The majority of seats up for re-election in the Senate in the midterms are Republicans. So, you know, we need to use a little caution on the Senate side. And when I say we, look, folks, I'm not a show for the Republicans. If you've listened to the show, you know that. You should be getting that out of today. I just don't think that it's healthy to have one party with too much power. I'd like to see if we have a Republican president, I like a Democrat Senate and a Democrat Republic, uh, a Democrat House. If we have a Democrat, uh, a Republican in the House, or a Republican in the White House, I'd like to see a Democrat Senate and House. I'd like to see those sides at odds, because I'd like to see the government do less, not more. Uh, but this is just what we have to pay attention to now. Um, 
what you really need to do, though, is just do what you've always done. Go to work and continue to build your life. Don't think America's over. I've seen some people in the forum talking about how America's gone. We're over. Hey, man, we stood up against the Nazis. We fought a revolution against the most powerful army in the world at the time. When we originally founded this country. We have been a force for good in the world for as long as we've existed. To this day, if you go to any part of the world and look for people who want to leave their country, the number one place they want to go is here. America is not over. Pick yourself up off the floor. Quit crying, quit whining, and live your life like the patriot that you are. Don't you believe for a minute that our country's gone because we elected a guy president that you don't agree with. That's nonsensical. But let's make sure we keep this guy in check because he still works for us. And that's what you need to realize, even if you're like me, even if you never wanted a President Obama, you now employ him. He now works for you. And your congressman works for you, and your senators work for you, and they need to hear from you. Period. And hold them accountable. The other side of that is, accept that this is a democracy. Alright? I told you about two people that I saw in 24 hours, and I went, you idiots! You morons! You have no idea why you elected this guy! You're completely incompetent to be voting for President of the United States. That's a democracy. The incompetent people get to vote too. They get to vote for a guy because they like the color of his skin or the color of his necktie. And you got to deal with that. Alright? And the fact is that we ran a lame horse. We ran a horse with no chance to win. John McCain was a Manchurian candidate. And the Republican Party doesn't want the reins of this country for the next two years. Because anybody looking at the underlying economic indicators knows that we're in for a recession, if not a depression. That it could last through the entire next four years of poor economic times. And with that, they've conceded. And when they conceded, the American people filled the vacuum with the guy that looked best and talked best. Now we have to deal with it. But accept that's how your country works. And have faith in your American people that they, in time, will see the error of their ways and return to traditional values that made this nation great. Because I believe that they will. And then the last thing is, keep building your life. You're listening to this show, most likely if you've listened to it more than once or twice, because you've been sold on one thing from me. And that is that you can have the life that you want if times get tougher, even if they don't. You've been sold on the fact that what you do matters. That what you do to make a difference in your life, the difference in the life of your family, the difference in the life of people around you, is important. That it matters. That you can have what you really want. And you don't necessarily have to work 90 hours a week to get it. You might have to do that at some point in your life, but it doesn't have to become your life. And you can set up a homestead instead of a home. Something that provides for you versus consumes your resources. And that you can make your life the American dream of our forefathers. Don't stop believing that. 
And if you're one of my international listeners, you don't stop believing it either. Because I don't care if you're in the socialist bastion of the United Kingdom, you could still carve that life out for yourself if you choose to. You just have to figure out where and how. And the most impressive weapon that any human has is never a rifle or a pistol or a sword or a club. It is his mind. And it is now time for the people of this country to begin to use their minds, since we obviously did not use our minds and our mental capacity during the election process that ran for two freaking years. In two years, we couldn't figure out how to put one person with real substance into a position to win the presidency. Because we had no substance in McCain. We had no substance in Obama. So we got the guy with the nicer suit that spoke more eloquently. That's why we got what we got. We got what we deserved. Our nation is now getting what it deserves. And you might be saying, I don't deserve this. The nation as a whole does. That's how a democratically elected republic works. Alright? That's how it works. And the reality is that the next four years aren't going to be much different under Barack Obama than they would have been under John McCain. We have a few more threats that we're going to have to put down, but I believe that we have the power to put them down. I don't think anybody's coming to your house and taking away your guns, folks. And I know that's important to a lot of people to watch this show, or listen to this show. All right, But I don't think it's going to happen. You have the power to control that. You have the power to make a difference. Continue to do so. But above all, continue to build your life. Continue to do lifestyle planning. That's what most of this show is about. It's not just about storing beans all right, and having a good gun to protect your home with. And it's not just about, you know, knowing how to do first aid. It's not just about being able to build a garden that produces for you. It's not just about ways to use alternative energy. All those things add up into a way that allows you to plan for a lifestyle that you can continue with when we have a disaster. To some of you, Barack Obama being our president is a disaster. Well, tighten your belt. That's what you've been preparing for. So now, respond. And respond by living the life that you want to live. I think that wraps up today's episode. Tune in tomorrow for that uh, that episode on 22 Rifles. I will go just totally away from this. I promise not to mention the name Barack Obama, John McCain, or anybody else even one time tomorrow. And uh, Friday, i got something special planned, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, so you're going to have to tune in Friday to uh, hear that show. Again, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Makes you wonder where your money went. You can scream, and you can holler. It really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.